The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's six minutes past eight. On the forum at 8 this morning, we look at the National Prosecuting Authority, the MPA, in the wake of a series of concerns expressed by South Africans suggesting that the NPA is in crisis. The fear is that the authority's credibility could be in tatters in the wake of a spate of seemingly botched cases recently, instances of the failure to secure convictions, the acquittal of police officers charged with the murder of Andris Tadani, dropping of charges against the prime accused, among others. So the question we're asking today, is the NPA fulfilling its mandate? Our guest, Advocate Sean Abrams, Special Director of Public Prosecutions for the Priority Crimes Litigation Unit. A very good morning to you and welcome. Uh, good morning to Piso and good morning to your listeners. Lawson Naidu is the Executive Secretary of the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution, or CASAC. Good morning to you as well. Good morning, Sir And a warm welcome to Jean Redpath, author of Monograph, Failing to Prosecute, Assessing the State of the NPA in South Africa. Welcome. Good morning, Sir Peter. 0891-104208. We'll be taking your numbers, or rather your call on this number, 0891-104208. But you can tweet us on the handle at amlive on SAFM. Our email address is amlive at sabc.co.za. And our SMS hotline 34701. I suppose it's at that I start with you, Advocate Abrams. To your mind, is the NPA in crisis? Is it still fulfilling its mandate? Thank you for the question, Tepiso, and thank you for inviting the NPA into your programs to clarify a few issues. Um, I can categorically state that the NPA is not in any crisis. The NPA is fulfilling its mandate uh, as usual. It is business as usual. I think we must remember that the NPA does not operate as an island. It doesn't operate on its own. The NPA is dependent on members of the South African Police Services and other investigating authorities to conduct investigations and to submit dockets to the NPA to make decisions on whether or not to prosecute. After perusing these dockets and, in particular cases, guiding the investigations in the absence of sufficient and reliable and credible admissible evidence, the NPA will obviously decide not to prosecute or to decline to prosecute. But where there is sufficient, reliable, credible admissible evidence, the NPA will institute prosecutions. Well, let's come back to you, Mr. Naidu, and uh, um, I'd hear from, in just a moment, perhaps your thoughts on the issue of prosecution, Jean Redpath, but Lawson Naidu, what is your thought? Do you believe there is a crisis at the, SA, at the NPA, and is there a crisis with regards to the credibility of the NPA? Um, um, thanks, Sophie. So, yeah, I think first let's start by saying that I agree with a lot of what uh, Advocate Abrams has just said. There's, you know, the, there are thousands of ordinary prosecutors across the country who are dutifully fulfilling the mandate of the, the NPA to the best of their abilities every day in the courts across the country. Uh, the crisis of credibility and the crisis of, is, is one of leadership within the National Prosecuting Authority. And the fact that this body has had an acting head for almost 18 months now means that uh, there, is a, there is a crisis of leadership within the NPA. We see, we see it manifest in a number of the high-profile cases that you've referred to in your, in your introduction 
as well as the ongoing saga and the, 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 what seems to be the persecution of Advocate Breitenbach by the NPA. So it is those high-profile cases uh, that, that taint the image of, of thousands of, of ordinary prosecutors, and that's why we believe that the crisis that exists there is one that, is, that exists at the very top of the uh, NPA, which is why we've called on the president to, to urgently appoint a permanent head of the NPA so that that, uh, that institution can begin to restore uh, its public uh, credibility. Now, one of the things that you've raised with regards to your court challenge is the issue of undue political pressure. Now, this uh, crisis that you say exists because of lack of leadership, is it a matter of perception or is it indeed, can we categorically and factually say there is proof that a permanent, the lack of a permanent head is having an impact on uh, the prosecution uh, by the NPA? Well, I think, you know, if we take, you know, for example, the Basin Park case as, as an example, uh, you know, there, there, there isn't, uh, one could, cannot say that there is, you know, irrefutable evidence of political influence, but certainly the, the suspicion is there, and it's, it's more than just a, a passing suspicion, it's, it's a grave one in that uh, Advocate Breitenbach was, was suspended, faced 15 different disciplinary charges, was acquitted on all of them, and yet the minute she was acquitted, the NPA said that they were going to re- review their very own internal disciplinary process, and now we hear that they're bringing a range of other charges against her. And even though she's been allowed to return to work, not to her previous position, but to a different job, she has been prevented from, from pursuing the Richard Mluli matter. So this certainly leads to a perception in the mind of the public that uh, attempts are being made to protect certain powerful individuals. And we'll get to the reasons why. Jean Redpath, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, uh, what is central to this malaise? Is there a tendency to decline to prosecute or, uh, as uh, Advocate Abrams was saying, that in some cases they choose simply not to uh, prosecute, but that they are just one but a wheel in the cog, I mean a cog in the wheel of the greater criminal justice system? Hi, Tapisa. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, I would agree with Sean that indeed they are but a cog in the wheel and they do um, um, have to rely on the police investigation in, in order to make a prosecution. However, my beef with the NPA is that their interpretation of their discretion to prosecute or not is much, much, they are interpreting it in a very wide manner, in a manner that I would actually suggest is unconstitutional. My reading of the Constitution is that there is a duty to prosecute where there is a prima facie case and there is no compelling reason not to prosecute. And we're seeing again and again um, cases where there is evidence, but for some reason the, 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 the NPA declines to prosecute. And if we look at the, the number of verdicts that we're getting out of the, the NPA, despite a huge number of uh, increase in resources, we go back to 2002, 2003, we're looking at around 450,000. We're now down to 350,000 a year. This is despite a massive increase in the number of prosecutors, the number of resources that are being given to the NPA. What's also of concern is the increasing length of time which um, accused people spend in custody, um, and then ultimately the case is withdrawn after they have spent um, some time in custody. And if we look at the Anine Boyson case, that's exactly what happened. Again, we, perhaps we can't blame the NPA in that situation. The police should have been quicker in, in excluding that person from custody, but he spent four months in custody. If we look at the Andre Satani case, in fact, what's most concerning about the Andre Satani case is how few cases 
where the ICD, now the IPID, has recommended the prosecution are actually prosecuted. Data uh, amassed by my colleagues Lucas Minting and Gwenelle Derrymaker show that around 500 cases per year are referred for prosecution um, where people have died as a result of police action or in police custody. And what we're looking at is fewer than 100 per year are actually charged and, and fewer still are actually convicted each year. And that's a cause for real concern. Advocate Abrams, how would you respond to that? Uh, thank you, Tsupiso. I'd like to respond to, to, to Lawson Naidu's um, statements first and foremost. Um, I think it's important to understand that, you know, with regards to the, the, the firstly the independence of the NPA and whether there's political influence, etc., and the issue of not having a political, not having a, not having a, not having a, the, pre, the president not having appointed a permanent head, um, that should not remotely infer that the NPA is not fulfilling its mandate. We merely just need to look at the statistics of the NPA over the last year, over the last uh, two years or so since Advocate Jiba has been the acting NDPP. We've, our statistics has increased insofar as convictions are concerned and verdicts are concerned. In fact, to be specific... No, that's not true. To be specific, that increased by 1,9%. And uh, in our most recent, uh, in our most recent um, annual report, which obviously will be made, which obviously will be submitted, um, you know, to the powers that be, um, you know, in future, all that is clearly set out. How We're true is that? Uh, Ms. Redpath, I can hear her obje- uh, objecting to your statement. Now, in a report to Parliament in April this year, you made it clear that your state of your finances is in disarray, and you also reported a downward trend, saying that it is actually impeding you against doing your job, that um, those who are mostly affected are, are the poorest of the poor in their uh, bid to access justice. So can you truly say that the performance is still the same as in the past two years? Well, it's actually improved. The statistics speak for themselves. Um, you know, I, I do confirm that uh, the lack of resources has somewhat hampered um, the performance of the NPA, so much so that we would have actually performed much better had we had more finances, had we had more resources, had we been in a position to appoint more prosecutors um, in respected areas. Ms. Redpath, why do you say that's also it's not true? It's simply not true. Um, the, 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 the analysis which I did in, 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 in the monograph which you referred to earlier shows that the, the burden on the NPA per prosecutor is, is not overwhelming. And in fact, the number of prosecutors has increased remarkably since 2002-2003. What has also improved over the last five or six years is the vacancy rate. There used to be quite a high vacancy rate. That has also gone down. The, num- the amount of money that has been spent on the NPA has also increased. So to say that a lack of resources is, is the cause of the decreasing trend, certainly I, I'm not privy to 2013 data, but certainly the trend, even in the last, from 2010, 2011 to 2011, 2012, is towards a decrease um, in, the, in the number of verdicts. And even if we look at prison data, the number of people being sent to prison on, on a, in, on, for a sentence, has decreased from in around 2003, there were something like um, 80,000 per year, and now we're looking at 
uh, around a half or, or, or a third of that amount per year. So really on any measure that you, that you, that you look at, for serious crime, we are seeing a decreasing trend. We're seeing an increase in resources, increase in the number of prosecutors. So it's simply not true to say that but resources are the But how true is it that there the is problem. an increase in resources? And uh, we're also talking staff content here because according to the NPA, uh, some of the programs that they've put in place to uh, train recruits, for instance, that's, uh, they had a pilot project that's been shelved because of lack of funding, that there's low staff morale because of... Uh, a high uh, caseload that uh, those who've been in the system for so long can't handle and they don't even have uh, people who can help them with some of these cases. Ms. Redpart? Oh, you're referring the question to me. Look, I, I certainly think that morale is, is, a, is a huge problem um, in the NPA. If we look at the number of, of, of court hours that our courts and our NPA are able to work at, that's decreasing. We're looking at around three hours a day that our courts are actually working that's a lot of hours that we, we could be using um, to better effect. Um, I think that the, 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 the upheavals that the NPA have experienced going back to Bulalai Luca's time have certainly had an impact on morale. When you see what's, what's happening to Gunnar Breitenbach, you can quite understand that the best and the brightest would feel um, quite um, careful about how they, they proceed and the decisions they make if from a political perspective. And that can all have an impact uh, on, on how, on how um, work is done within the NPA. We're going to take a quick break and take calls in just a moment. But before we do that, I'd like to come back to you, Mr. Naidu. Yes. Uh, can we really say that uh, the... NPA is on a slippery slope to nowhere. If we look at figures of March 2012, I mean, they had a conviction rate of 88%. They, they were ahead of their cases uh, in some cases. So uh, is it perhaps a financial constraint thing that is uh, impacting on the quality of the work that they do that Mr. Abrams says, but Ms. Uh, Ripa seems to argue with? Well, I think, you know, the, the one point that we must bear in mind is that these uh, financial constraints that are, that are being faced, the, the, the lack of filling of, of staff vacancies, the scrapping of the aspirant prosecutors program, these, these are uh, issues that are going to affect the NPA in time to come because we'll see the I- impact of that in the years to come. So whilst the, uh, you know, one must commend uh, the conviction rates at the moment, although there, there will be some debate about how those rates are measured, but I think broadly one must, one must commend that. But the impact of, of the, the, the crisis of leadership will be, fact, will be felt in the years to come. On the point that Advocate Abrams made about that one mustn't uh, look at the issue of the, uh, the, the failure to point ahead as, as critical to the NPA, I'm afraid that it is very critical because uh, one of the most important criteria for, for looking at the independence of the head of the ND, ND, uh, NDPP is the issue of security of tenure. And somebody who serves in acting capacity for 18 months does not have security of tenure. And therefore the perception, uh, whether that's played out in reality or not, we can debate, but the perception is that that person may be beholden to outside political influence. And that is why it, the, even the Constitutional Court is, uh, has on, on occasion co- uh, commented on the fact that the security of tenure is a critical component of uh, independence, and not just of the NDPP, but of the institution as a whole. And that's why the, the appointment of a, of a permanent head is of such critical importance. We're going to take a quick break and return to the callers and SMSs, and of course to our panel uh, on this discussion. The question we're asking on the forum at H today, is the NPA in crisis? 22 minutes past 8. 
Mahana airtime is back bigger and better. Hello, caller. How can I win 50% free airtime? I've got skills, eh? Uh-huh. I can rock climb without a harness, yeah, get a holy mark my eyes closed. Sure. I can even walk backwards Whoa. up and over. Oh, my friend, you are a winner already just by being with MTN. All you have to do is recharge to get 50% Mahana airtime every day at any time to make free MTN to MTN calls, send SMSs, and use the internet. Sweet, but. Now that's bigger and better Mahala for you. Conditions apply. Minimum recharge value is 10 grand. Kahiso Trust, one of South Africa's leading development agencies, believes that education is the key to the growth of our country. For over 28 years, they have worked to achieve this and now call on you. Kahiso Trust launches Bold Step, a fundraising initiative that calls on ordinary citizens to assist in funding tertiary studies of talented young South Africans. Donate 20 rands by SMSing Bold Step to 40064. For more information, visit www.kahiso.co.za. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 23 minutes past 8, we are discussing whether or not the NPA is fulfilling its mandate. Is it in crisis? That's a question we're asking. Advocate Sean Abrams is Special Director of Public Prosecutions for the Priority Crimes Litigation Unit at the National Prosecuting Authority. Lawson Naidu is Executive Secretary for the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution, CASAC. And Jean Redpath is author of Monograph failing to prosecute, assessing the state of the NPA in South Africa. Of course, you can weigh in on this discussion. Uh, do contact us via email, Twitter, phone or SMS. SMS 34701, our phone line number 0891 and uh, mlive at sabc.co.za, our email address. And we are available on Twitter at mlive on SAFM. Let's start with Camille uh, Premier. He's a legal researcher at the Helen Sisman Foundation. Hi, Camille. Hello, how are you? Well, thanks, and you? Very good, thank you. So what are your thoughts on this question? Um, uh, Thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, I've been listening to the conversation thus far, and I think that the heated discussion that has ensued as to whether or not the NPA has been successful or hasn't been successful in the past few years under Advocate Jiba is indicative of how important the NPA is as an institution in ensuring that the rule of law is a lived experience in South Africa. Of course, the NPA is an integral institution that makes sure that the executive shouldn't be able to manipulate prosecutions and that the judiciary consistently applies a standard to all people, and, and it's, it plays an integral role in, in, that, in ensuring that. What we think is very important is that the NPA must retain public confidence and we think that the recent issues of Advocate Jeeva's non-permanent appointment of Advocate Dennis Breitenbach and other instances, high-profile instances of where the NPA could be accused of failing the public is that it erodes public confidence in a very capable institution. And we think that a huge problem occurs when public confidence is eroded because even though the statistics may be saying that the NPA is doing a good job, unfortunately no one's going to care about that and no one's going okay. to believe that the NPA is actually doing a good job. And that's very damaging not only to the NPA but to the status of rule of law in South Africa overall. Camille, thank you so much for your call. Camille Pramid is a legal researcher at the Helen Susan Foundation. Let's hear what Mikey Newlands has to say. Hi, Mike. 
Good morning. Sophisa, thanks for taking my call. Two things that I just want to comment on. First of all, that I think that um, public confidence in the NPA is, uh, I don't think it would get any lower if we tried. And to say that not having a head doesn't make a difference is laughable. This is a bit like driving a bus without a bus driver. You know, it's just an absolute joke. You, you can't keep driving. Well, the bus is not even moving, so we're not getting anywhere. And when the NPA swept, uh, you know, failed to prosecute the Zuptas and their accomplices in the Mining Rights Department for the fraud and theft of the of Kumba's mining rights, and at the same time, Glynis Breitenbach is being hounded out of her office. You know, it's just an absolute joke a minute. And I think the thing is, what I would like to do, suggest to the NPA, is that if you want to get your credibility back, which somehow I doubt actually, because you don't, you're, you're very similar to the, the, the police force, that you've really just got somebody who jumps when, when Zuma says jump, you just say hi, hi. To get your credibility back, I would all launch all out attack on Richard and Doody, investigate that man, let Glynis uh, uh, Breitenbach do what she does best, stop hounding her, you've lost all the charges against you, you have no credibility, you're now bringing more okay. charges against you, it's outrageous. Mike, uh, you know, say guys, come on, let's get to the party, you're either with us or you're against us. Thank Mike you. in Newlands, uh, some of the SOSs read the NPA is conducting a witch hunt against Glynis Breitenbach, and uh, none of the 15 charges in her disciplinary hearing were found to be true, yet she has not been reinstated. Uh, she's been moved in fact, the NPA lost all credibility when, despite a prima facie case against a case of corruption, they declined to prosecute Zuma, says Vusi in Cape Town. This one says, please, Ahang, bring back the scorpions. Our country is rotten beyond its core. Uh, the NPA started a Fumbling down the slippery slope of becoming a government puppet the minute it dropped charges against Jacob Zuma, uh, William in Cape Town. And this one says, uh, Hi, so no leadership, no direction at MPA, Charles in Cape Town. Well, uh, just coming back to you, Advocate Abrahams, uh, the issue of undue political influence, it does seem to really, uh, you know, loom large in people's minds as to why there's a failure to prosecute. Is it a case of incompetence then? Is that what you're saying? Uh, and the issue of the scorpions, I mean, the scorpions were disbanded. It was the it supplied you with investigative capacity, which has now been moved to the SAPS. But complaints are that that job is not being done properly. You complain about not getting good evidence or evidence that will help you prosecute from the SAPS. Sapiso, thank you very much. If I may very briefly respond to you and to um, the comments by Camille and and Mike, I think first and foremost, um, it would be ideal for the NPA to have a permanent head insofar as permanent leadership is concerned. But the mere fact that the statistics have shown that the NPA has successfully executed its mandate should not be taken away from the successes of the NPA. We must also look at the successful cases, the big, high-profile successful cases the NPA has been involved in um, over the last year or two. And uh, those cases don't seem to get much limelight as the negative publicity that the NPA does receive. With regards to the Breitenbach matter, we must remember that's an internal issue. Like any other organization has an internal uh, issue, we must be allowed to let internal processes run its course. And, uh, you know, once all the legal remedies have been exhausted in the matter, then obviously there'll be finality in the matter. Notwithstanding that, Advocate Abrams, there is a sense, though, that... uh, you know, the MPA is hopeless to the extent that it actually loses a court, but within internal, pro- I mean, uh, uh, internal processes, an internal disciplinary hearing, that you can't even get that right. 
Well, unfortunately, because the matter is because the matter is still ongoing, I, I cannot elaborate much on it. That would be irresponsible of me to do so. I just want to continue to comment on uh, on Mike's issues raised with the mining rights case, the Richard and Clooney matter. Um, you must remember, you know, whether the decisions have been made in respect of those matters or not. If a director of public prosecution has made a decision in a matter. The, the person aggrieved with the decision made by the Director of Public Prosecution can obviously ask the Director of Public Prosecution of that particular province or that special unit to reconsider his or her decision. Should the decision still be the same and the person is dissatisfied with that decision, um, the so-called complainant um, can write to the National Director of Public Prosecutions and ask for that decision to be reviewed. And the national director would seriously obviously consider all the facts and then revert to the individual. And if the individual is still not satisfied, there's obviously other recourses available. So it's not just a matter of a decision having been made, and that's the end of the matter. Okay, Advocate Abrams, we'll come back to you on that issue and, of course, the rest of our panel, Lawson Naidu and Sean Redpath. First, let's update your news headlines at 8.30 with Carmen Reddy. Mohammed, uh, just uh, hang on a bit. We will come back to you and take a call. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. And we continue with our conversation on whether or not the NPA is fulfilling its mandate. Uh, do get in touch with us if you'd like to comment on email, amlive at sabc.co.za, uh, telephone number 0891 and SMS hotline 34701. It'll cost you two rand per SMS at uh, amlive. SAFM, at MLive on SAFM, that's our Twitter handle. Just to come back to um, our panel, uh, Jean Redpath, some of the SMSs here, of course, are questioning this whole issue of uh, political interference uh, or what is seen as political interference. The fact that the Justice Minister is appointed by the President, through your research, have you found anything to suggest that uh, there's uh, further undue pressure on the NPA because the NPA reports then to the Justice Department? Well, certainly, I mean, my main concern with the NPA is, again, I want to reiterate this point, the very wide interpretation of their discretion to prosecute or not. And as soon as you have such a wide um, interpretation of that discretion, you are open to the perception and you are open to the perception of abuse and you are open to actual abuse. And I would agree with Sean. The NPA is very successful in the cases it does choose to prosecute. You know, in, in the district courts we're looking at 90% of the cases it chooses to prosecute. What we're concerned about is the cases where it does not choose to prosecute. What do you believe is behind that? Because those who are unhappy with the NPA obviously believe it's because political masters are waving the proverbial big stick and say, you won't touch so-and-so. Well, certainly, um, whether that's an explicit uh, thing that's happening or whether it's a, a, a fear that has been inculcated amongst people, particularly when we see what's happened to someone like Linus Breitenbach, who, who is taking on, on the big guns. I mean, if, if you're a colleague of Linus, you might think twice or, uh, about um, targeting someone who, who might result in a similar thing happening to you. What, what I think is also happening is this fear of failure. Um, when you're used to a 90% conviction rate, 
You don't want to risk um, going down to a 70 or 75% conviction rate, which is the kind of conviction rate that we see in Western developed countries where, where there isn't this very wide interpretation of the discretion to prosecute. It's, it's, it's an unrealistic target, this 90%. Um, the, the reality is that if you, if you are actually prosecuting the cases you should be prosecuting, your conviction rate should, in fact, be much lower in the end. And uh, speaking of which, uh, Lawson Naidu, you did raise the issue of how is that conviction rate judged? Okay, I want to come back, uh, just start on this previous point that you you raised just now um, about the accountability of the NPA. Uh, I think it's it's important to clarify that the NPA occupies a very unique position within our constitutional framework. Uh, It can't neatly be classified in terms of the constitutional separation of powers. Uh, it is clear that uh, it is located within the executive branch of the government, in that it, it does exist within government, uh, and that fact certainly does, uh, does have an impact on its independence, but it does have institutional and operational independence in terms of the legislation. So it does straddle, straddle that, and it is also a key component, as we have said, of the justice system, so it, it straddles that, that, that branch of uh, the state as well. But I think the key thing is, is the, is, the, uh, is the independence, the operational independence of that NPA. And, you know, another matter that, that we haven't looked at is the, uh, is, is the review by the Democratic Alliance of the decision to drop charges against President Zuma. The Supreme Court of Appeal made an order directing the uh, NPA to hand over the transcripts of the so-called spy tapes uh, to the DA. Uh, and this has not been done. It, you know, the, the, the acting NDPP is flouting a decision of the Supreme Court of Appeal. And there again, one has, uh, one has the, the, the perception that that is as a result of undue political influence. So it is those factors that override uh, the issue of the, uh, of the success rates and the, the conviction rates of the NPA. Because while, as, as we said right through this program, I think all three of us are agreeing on this, in that uh, at, at the ordinary level, ordinary prosecutors are seeking to do their job, but mor- morale is so low that this will have an impact on conviction rates in due course. Advocate Abrams, if I could get you to perhaps answer that. The, the country is wondering why this has not happened with regards to uh, the ruling made against uh, President Jacob Zuma. Um, I, I prefer not to comment uh, on that uh, on air uh, for the specific reason. Would, would you comment off air? Uh, not at all. <laughs> I prefer not to comment at all. The matter is obviously still being, uh, still pending in the courts, um, uh, and um, it will be irresponsible of me to comment on it, um, either on air or off air. Well, I just want to go into some other issues raised by both uh, by both Lawson uh, and, and and Jean. I think the first issue is um, the NPA does not choose its cases to prosecute. The NPA, yeah, I think Jean gave the perception that we specifically choose cases to take to the district courts, to take to the regional courts, to take to the high courts. That is not indeed uh, the case. It gives the perception that we top slice, which is absolutely not in comparison to all the cases that are submitted. The NPA receives dockets that are investigated by the police. In some of these cases, we give specific guidance with regards to obtaining further evidence to enable us to pr- prosecute those matters. In the absence of insufficient evidence and or admissible evidence, we do not prosecute in these matters. We decline to prosecute in, in these matters. Where the interests of justice do require us to proceed with matters to court, uh, and there are reasonable prospects of a successful prosecution,
persecution. We You're take those methods to do so by the law, but I think the question she's asking is whether or not interpretation does not uh, either preclude you from doing so or stops It's, it's explicitly part of the NPA's policy that where there, there's not a reasonable prospect of success, um, they, they will not uh, go ahead. And I think that the interpretation of that reasonable prospect of success that I have the beef with and uh, I would also like to just raise the issue of the, the withdrawal of the case, um, uh, uh, the taxi driver who was responsible for the death of Barry Steinberg um, in Port Jefferson yesterday. Um, that, is a, that is a classic instance of, the, of, of a decision not being taken um, and the court saying, come on, make a decision. And that is clearly lies in the court of the NPA. In fact, some would argue that that's what happened in the case of... Uh, uh, Kaiser Chief's boss Bobby Mudaung as well that uh, what was said at the time is that the MPA is at odds with itself that it's either not understanding its own rules or it's not stepping up to the plate If I may come in there um, You know cases are withdrawn all the time for various reasons um, I think it would be inappropriate to specifically pick out the Barry Stander case pick out the Bobby Mudaung case um, and say, well, the NPA is bungling. Cases are withdrawn each and every day for various reasons where there's insufficient evidence. That does not mean to say that is the end of the matter. Um, further investigations are conducted in many of these cases, and these cases are reinstated and people are prosecuted. Uh, 891 We're taking a cause, Mohammed, uh, from the Society of the Protection of Our Constitution. Good morning. Good morning uh, to you and the rest of South Africa, the listeners in your panel. Uh, I'd like to touch on four things. Uh, the high profile, please make it the, yes, high profile, the, uh, the convictions and the independence. In terms of the high profile, I'm very confident that our NPA uh, operates without fear, favor, and prejudice. I am a uh, person have personal knowledge of our case against Tony Blair against Barack Obama. In the case of uh, Tony Blair, there was no uh, uh, invitation by the government. A case number was given uh, in terms of international uh, law and their own statute. In terms of uh, Obama, a case number was given, CATS 0106-2013, even though he was invited by the government. So I am very confident and have first-hand knowledge that our NPA uh, operates without fear, favor, and prejudice. Regarding high convictions, don't only target the NPA. You see, they, it is a, a very high number of uh, uh, positions open for judges. So your convictions will also be affected by the number of judges that are available to listen to cases, and this must be addressed. Don't just blame the NPA in, in isolation. We need to look at a, a, a bigger picture. Uh, for example, the police force in certain areas has grown okay, by four times I'm the number. Oh, hold on, the police brief. force has no, grown by four down. times the number. I'm going to ask you to please make it brief. Okay. Yeah, I suppose uh, we've lost Mohammed. I'm not sure if we have lost you, but Dorong and Spreakview. Hi, Dorong. Figil and Ketan, it's if you're on the line. Uh, thank you guys for taking my call. Uh, I hope you understand my anger on this one. Um, uh, uh, so I have opened up a case against a prosecutor that was actually bribed back in 2006-07 in my Kailita court, when I was in Kailita. And uh, this prosecutor was protected by the senior prosecutor, Gusha. And uh, when I opened the case against this Gusha and uh, the very same prosecutor uh, uh, to the senior public prosecutor in in, 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 in 
protected. Then they were protected again. Two of them they were protected by the what's called Miss Lot and uh, Advocate Quinton, Apple Quinton, Apple's Quinton, Sir Quinton Apple's. I said, take the case to the protector. Till now, Mastaba, there's nothing that is happening. And uh, this prosecutor was then removed after I have, in fact, informed the NPN on how to catch this prosecutor that was actually working with the police officer who is known in court number three in Kalita. Then the both were removed without me being informed, without any actions being taken against them, both of okay. them. She was then removed to Winepeck. Then when I found that she was in Winepeck, I went to inform the senior prosecutor in Winepeck that be careful. Please, like, this I hope you understand if I do move on to other callers because unfortunately no, no, we do have fine. quite a lot. Thanks a lot. Figure in Cape Town. Dorong and Spray for you. Yes, thanks, sir. Am I there? Yes, you are. I don't know. I think you are technically challenged here. Yeah, I'm going to say it outright to the listeners in South Africa and especially taxpayers that the NPA, not only the NPA, but President Zuma has lost the respect and the credibility because of, you know, um, what the NPA is currently doing. You know, they, they can say whatever they like, Sepito. They can over-exaggerate or say whatever about the success rate in terms of the case that they prosecute. This is a classic example of a quality versus a quantity. Because comparatively speaking, when you look at the cases that were prosecuted by the Scorpion, even though somehow they were not doing uh, they were targeting certain people and failing. But the quality of the cases that they prosecute and the success rate of those, quali- of, of those cases that they prosecuted, okay. uh, the quality, this, this NPA is the not the job. It's a political the point tool. is taken. Thanks a lot. On uh, Twitter, this one is from Zaman Monroe at Zaman Monroe. The rep from NPA is denying the facts and all the callers so far attest South Africans lost their faith in NPA, period. And uh, this one is Murubala Leseka William. Why Bar Council is so quiet about abuse of power against uh, Advocate Jiba and Khwebi? And on email, this one says our NPA seems uh, to be good when it comes to going for low-hanging fruit, but as soon as they have to go for the people who hold high positions and have influence of sort, they choke and put their tail between their legs. So why should we respect such an institution? Jabuma Lulega writes, and uh, also on email, this one is from... Uh, Umbilo in Durban please don't get arrested we do not feel safe with the police now a drunk police shot at my brother uh, Friday night he was walking home from work and the police called him and opened fire at him the police were arrested by other police who happened to be in the area Now my brother is being threatened by police friends of which are police they aren't um, they don't want him to drop the case. Now, just to, to go back to, there, there are also lots of SMSs. It's just so unfortunate that I can't get through all of them. But uh, I, I'm curious. Uh, it's very clear that Advocate Abrams, people are not feeling that they can trust the MPA and that you are using your prosecutorial um, uh, uh, prosecutorial uh, advice uh, duties to your advantage or the interpretation that uh, Ms. Redpath was speaking about earlier on the integrity management unit within the MPA what does it do and is that in itself independent because if we are talking about institutional capacity here we need to know that that too is working yes thank you so much uh, for the question Sapiso I want to first and foremost assure the republic of this country that the MPA prosecutes in the 
independently and without fear, favor, or prejudice. And each matter is looked at and assessed and evaluated on its own merits. With regards to the Integrity Management Unit, um, the Integrity Management Unit uh, obviously investigates the integrity of NPA officials uh, should there be allegations of a lack of integrity or impropriety uh, by a member of, of the NPA. And uh, I can assure you that matters that are investigated of such a nature are fully investigated. Legal advice is also obtained in certain circumstances uh, um, to assist the investigators in this matter or in, in the respective matters to successfully investigate their matters. I think the public also, um, you know, is under the misperception that the NPA is there to obtain convictions in each and every case that they prosecute. The NPA are lawyers of society. They are lawyers of the public. They represent the interest of the community at large. So each and every matter that's brought to court, the NPA has a duty to place all evidence before the court and assist the court to come to a just decision. It's not a matter of submitting selective evidence. And in cases where prosecutors don't call witnesses that are uh, unfavorable to their cases, you know, they make those witnesses available to the defense to call as witnesses. Um, the other Can you categorically say that the cases that you've lost were as a result of following the law to the letter and that there were no instances of incompetence? Um, you're going to have to be specific insofar as the cases you're referring to. We've to been talking about some of these high-profile cases here. So let's start with those. Those are common knowledge within the public domain. I, th I think we must look at this holistically and, and, and not in isolation. Um, you first have to look at the evidence that's made available in the police docket to the prosecution. Now, on the face of it, the prosecution will not just present that evidence in court. Obviously, there will be further investigations, there will be consultations uh, in respect of the allegations um, you know, that are leveled in the docket. Once satisfied that the evidence is credible and it's admissible, um, the matter is obviously taken to court and people are prosecuted, the evidence is presented. Now, it's for the court to weigh up the evidence presented by the, by the, by the prosecution and also the version of the defense. But is, is it not true that you also have screening mechanisms that should allow you to know whether or not you have a prima facie case to put to court and whether or not that's prosecutable? Well, it's not a matter of it just being a prima facie case. It's a matter of there being reasonable prospects uh, of a successful prosecution uh, to proceed to proceed to proceed with a matter. For which you have screening systems, I, I I would hope, in place to ensure that that is the case. Well, that is indeed the case. We're not going to take each and every matter to court uh, without having screened it properly. People's lives are affected hereby. And we have uh, we we obligated to, uh, uh, to to look at the rights of individuals before okay. we take matters to court. We cannot willy-nilly uh, just take uh, matters to court. Mr. Redpath, uh, is that being done, Mike and Midran? I'm coming to you in just a moment. Well, it's exactly um, my concern with the NPA. My reading of the constitutional mandate of the NPA is that it has a duty to prosecute where there's a case and there's no compelling reason not to. Um, they use the, 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 the issue of reasonable prospects of success, and I think that they're putting the bar too high on reasonable prospects of success. And I think that that is where many of our, 
of our problems are coming in. They want to be almost 100% certain um, before before going ahead. And and sometimes it's actually not up to the NPA to decide whether this this person is is guilty or not. It's up to the court. And the, and exactly as um, Sean was saying, the job of the NPA is to assist the court in arriving at the truth. And that is what the job of the NPA is. So, Peter, if I could just come in there. Um, I just want to comment on, on what, 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 what Gina said. Um, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a matter of, uh, you know, of just taking any matter to court uh, at the end of the day. Um, you, you have to assess all your evidence, um, uh, you know, at the end of the day and, 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 and present that at court. And the court has to decide at the end of the day on whether a person is guilty uh, or not. We don't decide beforehand when assessing a case. Um, when we decide to institute a prosecution, we don't say a person is guilty and therefore the person okay. must be prosecuted. We say it's the interest of justice um, that there are reasonable prospects of success and therefore, this person Mr. must Nigel, be prosecuted to the court to decide. I hear you want to come in there, but yeah, just, take, a, just a very brief point from this point, Just that, you know, the, the other aspect of this that, that is not being mentioned is that, you know, the, the prosecutors also have, uh, have the opportunity to interact with, with the police, with the, with the investigators in a particular case, and ask them to, uh, to, to re-look at certain matters if the, if the prosecuting authority is not satisfied they have, that they have sufficient evidence. So they need to work hand-in-hand with SAPS with in order to, to try and ensure that they are able to produce the evidence in court. Mike and Madrant, uh, a very good morning to you. Apologies for keeping you with you. I, I found it a fascinating discussion. Can I make two comments? Firstly, I think the NPA are rapidly coming into discredit by what appears to be a personal vendetta against one of the, their members. Um, and I, I believe from a public publicity point of view, does them no credit at all. Secondly, and without wishing to defend the NPA, their fundamental problem appears to lie with the evidence collection further down the food chain. And unfortunately, with the current standards that appear to be prevalent within the the South African Police Service, um, I suspect that their rate of successful prosecutions will decline rather than increase. Thanks a lot, Mike in Midran. Let's talk about remedial action if we're saying there are problems. I, I know last year, uh, Advocate Abrams, you have set, you set plans in motion for amending legislation which would move financial running of the NPA, NPA away from the Justice Ministry. Why is that? Um, you know, I, I think it obviously goes hand in glove, you know, with the, with the independence of the NPA and uh, being ultimately responsible for its own budget and having to obviously uh, report back to, to Parliament uh, on the runnings and the business of the NPA. Has that had an impact on your independence, the fact that uh, uh, your financials are determined within the ministry? Um, I cannot say it's, it's hampered uh, you know, the execution of the NPA's mandate uh, which is the business of fighting crime and, and prosecuting prosecuting criminals while fear, favor, and, and prejudice. Uh, Mr. Naidu, just to come back to you, service delivery improvement, because ultimately this is what it's about. We want the NPA to uh, maintain and stick to its mandate. What suggestions would you make? Which areas do they need to focus on? 
Well, I mean, I think, you know, uh, without wanting to, to beat the same drum again, I think we need to start at the very top. And, uh, you know, the, the issue of, of the leadership of the NPA is a critical one. Uh, and we need to start with, with that. And, you know, President Zuma himself, uh, when he was seeking to, uh, to appoint uh, Mr. Simulani in 2009, um, issued an affidavit in court in which he said that it was highly undesirable that the office of the NDPP be held by someone who holds that office on a temporary basis. So the president himself has recognized the undesirability of having an acting NDPP. And, uh, you know, we need to move rapidly to fill that position and to fill it with someone who has the highest standards of integrity and, and in whom the public will have confidence to restore the credibility of the NPA uh, in all its facets and to restore the, uh, the morale of prosecutors within the NPA so that they are strengthened to go out there and, and, and prosecute uh, cases without fear of federal prejudice and to have some clarity in terms of, of, of knowing that they, they will be supported by their superiors when they do so. Ms. Repartz, in your investigations or research, did you find that there were set objectives with regards to rollouts of strategic projects? Was there enough monitoring of these projects to, as indicators as to whether or not they are succeeding and what they aim to do? Um, sorry, I, I can't speak on that particular point. Um, you know, the, the, I didn't investigate that in particular. Okay. But uh, any remedial action that you would suggest? Well, certainly, um, I would have an overhaul of the of the, the policy adopted by the NPA in terms of decisions whether or not to prosecute. I would um, look at the the whole court system. I would suggest maybe having two court sessions a day. If we're only managing three hours, let's have two court sessions a day. Um, I would look at the interaction between between SATs and NPA and strengthening that. I know they. There's been talk for many years of an integrated justice system. I'm not sure that is actually working well yet. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of work to be done, and there are many, very many good people in the NPA who are, are being hampered by the, the political climate and and and, and by the, the general situation in which they find themselves. And the NPA could be something much more than it is at the moment. Advocate Abrams, if I were to grant you one wish that would help in your efficacy at this moment, what would you say it is? Well, I'm going to stick it, but it's a long, a long route to answer that, to answer that question. Long, I, kid, it be 40 seconds because we're running out of time. Yeah, I'll be really quick. I think, um, you know, first and foremost, it's, imp- you know, it's, it's critical that, um, you know, that a permanent NDPP is, of course, appointed. Uh, the NPA does engage with its stakeholders, whether it's uh, the police authorities or crime intelligence authorities, to enhance the ability of the NPA to fulfill uh, its mandate. There are many, many dedicated dedicated, committed prosecutors and skilled prosecutors are there uh, who are there for the people of this country, and they must be lauded for the work that they do. There are training initiatives that are in place, there are stakeholder initiatives that are in place to enhance the capacity. But that's where uh, I'm going to have to stop you. Thank you very much. Advocate Sean Abrams of the NPA, Lawson Naidu of CASAC, John uh, Redpath of... uh, author of Monograph, Failing to Prosecute Assessing the State of the NPA in South Africa. Thanks to the team, Misho Shandlala, Tracy Boomgaard, and Zwaike Ku. See producers, Lungile Mabaso and Lengi Mabaso. Technical producer, Ndogo Zokuzayo. Foreign producers, Ronald Piri and Jake Mukoma. Chief producers, Usichani and Obrisichia. Chief producer, Uzuk Lukot.